Hello, everybody. This is Jill Renee Feeler, and welcome to today's podcast. <sighs> what do we do here? I have a system for offering insights and wisdom that um, maybe offers a fresh perspective to some people. Maybe it provides confirmation for you. Um, but I don't know if I can explain it any uh, more explicitly than that. But I do encourage those of you that are new to try it out. And those of you that are consistently hanging out with me, please know I feel so blessed uh, to be alongside you as we create this sort of unconventional out of the box <laughs> human experience. Um, and hopefully you feel the benefits of what we are doing with you know each of us, you and I. Uh, to really recreate the boundaries of what it what we can be within our human body suits, um, levels of greatness, levels of um, restoration and healing, um, overcoming obstacles, facing challenges in a way that is very bold, um, hopefully confident, and um, wonderful, spectacular, <laughs> beyond textbook. <laughs> Okay, so what are we going to talk about today? I don't know. Um, I don't share from notes, but what I would like to start with is us um, doing a connecting exercise. This one may be a little bit longer, and I do have a specific intention with this, ex with this exercise, um, the starting exercise, to help us just feel ourselves and really clear out um, other people's noise, other people's intentions for us. There are some people that really don't respect boundaries energetically. They offer help where you didn't ask for it. Um, they, you know, just make little comments and they kind of have little uh, prickliness to it. And it's just can be really distracting and really disrupt us from feeling whole and complete and focused on what we want to focus on. Okay. <laughs> I feel a lot of you going, yes, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> okay. So let's just Relax your body, and as long as you're not driving or operating machinery, close your eyes. <sighs> and just imagine that you, as your humanness, is you are sitting within this ball of energy. <sighs> and it's clear and bright in your field. And just be aware of any sort of chatter. Maybe it's your own mental chatter. Maybe it is just people in your life that just consistently you end up thinking about them when um, maybe it's not as productive to be thinking about them. Maybe it takes you off of what you want to be focused on or even just people that bother you. <laughs> you don't have to have a reason. They just do. <laughs> okay. You don't have to explain yourself. Okay, good. So once we've identified that, that group of chatter, Let's just take our right hand and just imagine just gently pushing it off to the side, almost like there's a desk and a pile of papers that, that doesn't need your attention right now. You don't need to dramatically throw it off the desk. Just push it off to the corner. Outside of your field, though, that's the important part. Okay. All right. Okay, it's just over there. And now bringing your right hand back to, and just put it right on your heart. <clears throat> nice calming breaths here. Maybe a sigh of, a sigh of sort of ah, like relief, <laughs> like I just did right there. Good, very good. Oh, enjoy the stillness, yes. Whew. Nice deep breath, letting yourself relax more into that energy bubble of you. 
Some of you may be noticing sort of a rot rotational spin to the ball of energy that you are in right now. Just gently sort of stirring, not unlike Earth's rotation and the Moon's rotation, with the axis being a pillar of light within you. Oh, just try it out. See how you feel. That, that pillar of light, that axis, that's you. Like an anchor, a beautiful anchor to a version of you that's beyond this reality, beyond your human bodysuit, beyond time, beyond space. An infinite, omnipresent version of you that is strong and wise and capable and compassionate towards you and everyone and everything in this reality. This is the hard job, being in the bodysuit. But the axis is much bigger than your humanness and every form of life has this axis. Okay, very good. Okay. Just let your body, your physical body, have any of its sensations that it wants to have related to this. Hmm. I feel columns of energy, sort of uh, the the sides flipping <laughs> and ending, ending like a sort of like a platter to hold the structure of you going forward. And we'll plant the seed that that structure <clears throat> of you going forward can be so many things. It may, it may be very different than what you are now and that you are the molder of that clay, that you can take new shape, you can take new form. You can be potentially more assertive in your life, you can be more um, clear about boundaries with other people. You can decide that what bothers you is is all that you need to know when you're setting up boundaries and saying, no, I'm not doing that anymore in that relationship or in that experience. That you have a great deal of authority over who and what you are in this world. And you may not have known that prior to today, but maybe you'll think about it and maybe seize that authority more often going forward. There you go. Oh. <laughs> nice. Okay. Oh, very good. I encourage you to sort of rotate your ankles, wiggle your toes, wiggle your fingers. Okay. Very nice. Okay. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> I still don't know what we're going to talk about today um, because I haven't decided and let's see what happens here. So you guys can relax and do whatever you want to do and give me a few moments here while I go within myself and connect with my system of light and we decide what we want to offer with the intention that it makes the world a better place today, okay? Okay, there, I feel myself kind of teeing up ideas going, eh, maybe, eh, what else? <laughs> what else have we got to talk about that we want to share today and offer? 
<laughs> okay, we have touched on this so far, and it's about boundaries. Um, yeah, I noticed part of me as Jill resisting the idea of boundaries because we've talked about it so many times before. But I do feel it's an area that I have a unique approach on that works really, really well. Um, and I'm a recovering people pleaser, so um, I do have a unique take on it, <clears throat> given my sort of before and after in the way of remolded my clay as Jill. Others that disrespect your boundaries, your feelings, your space, they're taking advantage of the fact that you have not called them on their bad behavior yet. They may be really, really savvy at how they don't do anything criminal, <laughs> um, but you just sense their intentions are not positive for you or what you are doing or sharing. Um, and you just kind of feel it, like this prickliness, this friction. Um, it's sort of like ants at a picnic or you know bees at a picnic or something like that. It's sort of like, this would be better if you weren't doing that, right? If you stayed in your own space and weren't crawling all over the food, you know? So they're a person that would do that it's almost like it doesn't matter what their intentions are, okay? That's one of the tactics that they may use um, to keep you from calling them out on their behavior or maybe removing them from a group that you offer or something like that. Um, some of them don't know what they're doing. They really are not aware of their disruptive behavior. I've learned this over the years. And so whether they know it or not, does it matter? And you get to answer that question for yourself, okay? Um, so I, I guess I'm speaking to those that do some maybe similar work to this, where you are a facilitator or you know you offer a group experience or something like that, or you offer something on social media. And there's just this person that just feels like they get to comment. Um, and that what they comment on matters to you, that it's supposed to matter to you. But it's not helpful by your criteria of, of what's helpful and what's not. And I would love as one of your sisters in this reality, for you to feel more authority about your choices for how you can respond in those situations. Because I don't want to underestimate how unpleasant these people make our lives. They, it's, it is like ants at a picnic. It's just really unnecessary. Um, unpleasant and just there's so many more choices you don't have to put up with this you guys okay you have far more choices than you may realize and what you're what you're mainly at risk of is being thought of or called out as not nice or not truly light-based because a truly light-based person wouldn't mind ants at a picnic well i'm i'm a light-based person and i do mind ants at a picnic <laughs> i just do um, so you don't need to rationalize why you feel the way that you feel. Um, and you get to decide whether you act on that or not. I'm talking about patients that you may interact with, clients that you may interact with, um, friends and family. Um, it could be anything. 
um, there may have been a, a boundary setting opportunity that you've missed in the past and maybe you don't want to miss it going forward. Maybe you want to be very aware the next time it happens what you will do, okay? Um, now I'm, I'm noticing that my message today that we're offering is, is that I'm listening <laughs> intently as Jill too, because I have this, I have this experience too of just somebody that just, I just don't appreciate their manner of interaction, um, with certain groups and yeah, anyway, that's all it is. Okay. And it, it, anyway, here we go. Okay. So what do you do? Um, the first step is to notice what's happening really, really clearly, trying not to sugarcoat it, being honest with yourself, just about the facts. Um, you don't need a, some fan, fantasy based story of, oh, well, they experienced this or, or maybe they're hurt in this way. You, you could go that way, but going that way has probably um, prevented you from asserting a boundary where you wish there were a boundary. And in order for a boundary to be there, that person that's violating that your sense of, of what's helpful, etc., they're not going to set up that boundary. So if you don't set up the boundary, the boundary doesn't happen. I don't think anybody's going to do it for you. It, it will be up to you. Okay. So what would you do if there were no um, danger of you being called out as mean or not really loving or just not nice, um, rude, bitchy, you know, whatever. Um, what would you do if, if no one were going to criticize what you wanted to do here? Oh, oh, the possibilities, <laughs> right? Just, oh, savor the, the freedom of thought <laughs> that you're in right now. God, if I could do anything, what I would really do is like tell them I won't work with them anymore um, or tell them I need a, I need a 30 day break um, to just assess the situation and, and take a, take a break. And um, you could say simple words like, I just don't know if we're bringing out the best in each other. And I may be misinterpreting what you're doing, but I just know that when I'm trying to do something, it feels like you're an ant at a picnic. And, and I'm not trying to question your intentions or that you're a bad person. I just feel like maybe we're not compatible in the interactions and the relationships that we've had so far. Okay. That's, that's, that should be pretty innocent if you really, really think about it. Um, you haven't called them, you know, mean or ugly or evil or anything like that. You're just saying, I don't know if we bring out the best in each other. That, that should be okay because it's so real. <laughs> it's so real that there are many different interactions um, where some people just don't bring out the best in each other, right? Could be family members it's all, all across the board. Some people just don't get along well and don't bring out the best in each other. So in a situation where you are going in a direction of wanting to be a better version of yourself, and you recognize that there are some individuals that are not bringing out the best in you. Experimenting with possible solutions, possible boundaries, possible fences could be extremely valuable to you. Okay. This is across all industries, you guys, all types of relationships. <sighs> And it is so much healthier than waiting for somebody to try and read our minds 
about or try to, you know, well, maybe they won't do this going forward. And then maybe now you have months or years of data of now they're pretty consistent in doing this um, and acting in this certain way. And maybe in another group, maybe with another you know, physician, another attorney, another teacher, another facilitator, whatever, maybe, maybe they don't do that. Maybe they get along fine. Maybe it's a big enough group in their in their other opportunities that could they where they could be in instead of with you um maybe there's maybe they fit in just fine and it's not disruptive to anybody but i think especially as a facilitator or a leader the entire group may be i don't want to use the word suffering because that's quite an exaggeration probably in most cases but if in any way the leader or the facilitator or the physician or whatever is is distracted from their best self because of somebody that that for whatever reason is annoying or bothersome to them and it's not bringing out the best in them the entire system is affected it really is so for those of us that want a healthy environment and want a healthy you know experience that we're offering samson are you okay oh i bet olivia came home Okay, hang on. I'm going to remember where I was. Let me just pause for a second. Okay, so so let's talk about the the importance of this and why any of you that are in this sort of leadership role or maybe support a leader, why this is a why this is not a selfish conversation, okay? The leader's role is so unappreciated. <laughs> I think any of us that that offer something and, and are facilitators or leaders of something there is so much that goes into it and energetically it's just fair to want to take care of everybody, including the leader and the level of sort of self-sacrifice and compromise sometimes that leaders make. Um, we just sort of like, Oh yeah, that's just part of the job. Right. But what if it doesn't have to be, what if it doesn't have to be, <laughs> what if you get a stronger voice in offering yourself in that leadership role in a space if it is something that is small enough to manage where you can where you can say yes or no to certain individuals where you can have um, rules of boundaries um, and 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 that you that you enforce them as the leader this is so uncomfortable for a lot of people because they are natural people pleasers or they they don't like conflict and they don't like confrontation um, and this sounds scary to a lot of people, but I hear this all the time. Even if it's somebody that's um, running a, you know, operating a, a casual meditation circle once a week or once a month or something like that. that even if it's sort of a, a less official sort of group, it still matters. And what happens quite often is that when the leader addresses the, the issue that they as the leader are sensing, the entire group just goes, Oh, thank God. So please don't underestimate how disruptive that person's energy is to more than you perhaps. And that just addressing it and finding that strength within yourself to declare your reaction to the situation and what you are going to do about it. And uh, words that I love to use are I've decided because you're the leader, <laughs> right? Speaking to the leaders anyway. Um, you are the leader. So why not act like the leader? Why not take advantage of the leadership position and feel the sense of responsibility that you, I think, want to have 
in offering the, the best experience you can with what, what you are providing to that group. I have found over and over again that that, that discomfort in facing it and addressing it is so appreciated, not just by the members of the group, but by you, because you matter in this. And if, if you don't have a support system, a human support system kind of watching, if you don't have handlers making your life easy and it's, it's you're your own handler, <laughs> right? That you're watching out for yourself. Um, it, it requires wearing multiple hats, including this sort of thing, because there are beings that show up sometimes with really lovely intentions that end up being disruptive. Um, they may not even know it. And sometimes when you bring it to their attention, they may go into denial. Um, they may uh, get defensive with you. They may start calling you out and, and flip the tables like you're the problem. And if you just run the group like the way you're supposed to, then, then they wouldn't have to help you with these critical comments. Um, it's, it's, there's so many different ways it can go. But you can be prepared for all of it. And the more comfortable you become by acting as the leader of <laughs> whatever you're leading, um, the more savvy you'll get at being able to face however they respond. Remember, it's, a, it's an individual that's, that's creating a, some version of chaos and discord by their beingness so far. So the chances of them going, oh my God, I had no idea, and just stepping right into line along with all the others that are there in a more, in a more less fr or no friction, mutually compatible, yes, we're all bringing out the best in each other's situation. The likelihood of them just falling in line in that energy pattern are almost, they're really, really low. <laughs> okay, so chances are, it's very common that that individual once confronted, either they will decide to leave or you will not only ask them to leave, but tell them they're leave. Tell them they're leave. Oh, let us have that lump in my throat. Oh, hang on. <clears throat> that you may be telling them they're leaving the group. Okay. <sighs> right? Never fun. Never fun. And there may be some sore feelings um, from some people. Some are very sensitive about this sort of thing. Um, others in the group, um, those, some are going to be appreciative possibly. I've, I've definitely seen this in my, my years in this kind of work and others are very upset about it. And, you know, that's not, that's, you know, I never thought you'd do that. I don't like it that you did that. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> I don't like that. You, I don't like you because you chose to take that step. Uh, you don't know that person. Um, you don't know their backstory. There's all these rationalizations for bad behavior. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so let's let's look at it from another side. Maybe 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 we have been a disruptive member of a group before. Um, maybe we've been in a situation where we didn't bring out the best in another person, um, a leader, a facilitator, teacher, something like that. Um, whether it's a, you know, a heckler at, at a comedy club or, um, a student that wasn't really that pleased with the teachings or the teacher, but for whatever reason, didn't want to leave, but we kind of didn't want to stay either. So we just kind of, we were, we were maybe a bit uh, miserable and we want to kind of spread our misery around a little bit, um, or maybe poke at the teacher a little bit, hoping they'll become what we want them to become. Um, there can, there can be a lot of 
valid, understandable reasons why somebody would be disruptive as a member of a group. I remember as a teenager um, being really, I had high standards for even my high school teachers. And when I felt like they weren't credible, weren't um, good at their job, and of course this, I'm only assessing it from my own standpoint, I remember being very immature in how I um, wanted, to, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is embarrassing to admit, I wanted to make their job harder. I wanted them to know that I was not happy, and this is, you know, 16, 17-year-old Jill. Um, I wanted them to know I was not happy with them and that I was unimpressed with them. Um, and I, if I wasn't happy until they knew, <laughs> until they noticed my, 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 dis, my, you know, disagreement with them. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. And I noticed some teachers just get exacerbated by it. And I think as a 16, 17 year old immature human, I enjoyed, um, exasperating them. And there are some adults that don't grow. They didn't grow out of that, that sort of, um, liking to be irritating side. Um, thankfully I did. I don't now when I'm in a group and I either don't, don't, uh, like what, or even a patient of a doctor or something like that. I'm like, I don't think I see things the same way, or I don't know if I really, uh, get the good, good vibes from, from you. I'll, I'll leave. I'll get a second opinion or whatever. Um, so I won't complain to them. I don't want to make their job harder. I have such respect for leaders and experts in their field and things like that. But I also respect myself that if I'm not a match for the system of theirs that I do respect, that, that it's probably working great for a lot of people, it may just not be uh, resonating with me, I just quietly leave. Or just say, you know, I, can I get a referral to someone else? I, I just want to explore my other options. I don't want to make them feel bad. I respect that they have an extremely hard job um, that it's not easy being them, that it's probably a thankless job in many ways. And I just want to let them be them and, and what, you know, respect what they're offering while I kind of quietly move on to, to something that I feel does resonate better with me. Um, that's me. That's my style. Um, to me, it's much more mature than I used to do in, you know, when I was a teenager and I can feel the before and after. So maybe I would just invite those of you that have maybe gotten negative feedback from other people in your communities about you, or you've been kicked out of groups before, or you've had, you know, been blocked on things uh, by teachers and facilitators. Just really have a moment with yourself. What, what's in there in you, in your intentions? Can you resonate with what I was describing about me as a teenager? That I was unhappy with them. I, I in some ways disrespected them or didn't agree with them on things that matter to me. And I wanted them, I wanted to be a noisy wheel on their wagon. <laughs> I wanted to be a squeaky wheel. Yeah. Can you feel that? What if it's not their problem? What if what you wish they did differently is not their problem? Can you observe that what they're doing and offering is seems to be working? Others are happy. You don't hear other people complaining. Maybe when you start to complain about that, about that teacher facilitator, maybe others go, Oh, I don't, I don't feel that way. Huh? That's interesting. Um, or they wouldn't willingly complain to, they wouldn't initiate the complaining session, but they'll maybe go along with it. Once you start complaining, I don't know. Um, but just really, just slow everything down for a moment and just feel within yourself where that's coming from. Okay. It's, 
probably coming from a part of you that feels ignored, not heard, not seen, and left out. And that's not good. I mean, that's not fun. That's not a that's not a happy place within yourself, right? Yeah, so just let yourself feel maybe the the discomfort of that. It probably feels ugly too. I know even even before when I was mentioning the high school version of me as Jill is like, oh, it just felt like Ey. that's that's embarrassing to say out loud because that's an that's an ugly version of myself that I was then. Um and I know I have skills at, at making people irritated, <laughs> but, but I don't even care to use them. Um, now as my adult chill, I've got better things to, to focus my time and energy on, but I, but I still have the skill <laughs> if, if I, if I want to pull that, pull out that version of sword. Okay. <clears throat> mm. Okay. So there's an unmet need or desire within yourself that you may have been unknowingly sort of sprinkling out there in different experiences and communities and maybe leaving a really bad taste in people's mouths. Now, part of you may want to rationalize it and say, but it's because, and just, just, shh. <laughs> we're not, we're not to that part yet. It's the point is it's not being well received. And you have the evidence for it based on the way I teed up this part of the experience, right? It's not, you are not being well received in that part of yourself. The great news is you can change this. You can change this. You can feel more authority over that prickly nature to who and what you are. You can recognize your temptations and um, not give in to them. You can build a new system of yourself that, okay, this is the part where I'm irritated because they're late and I want to type in the chat room this, but why am I doing that? Really, it's because I'm wanting to say you're late and I'm bothered that you're late. That's unprofessional that you're late. And I'm just going to not, I'm going to, I'm going to not type that in because, because what good is it doing? Is it how, I don't know why they're late. Maybe it's a really good reason that they're late. Maybe it's a dumb reason that they're late. It doesn't matter. We as a group need to wait for the teacher to show up. That's, this happens. Would I do it that way? No, you may be saying, but this person's doing it that way. So are the benefits of, the, of what is being offered enough that you can just accept the fact that they don't do things exactly like you do? And if those things are so important to you that you can't stop yourself, then maybe you decide to take a break from that group and just see how you feel without what that experience is offering you. Just like withdraw, pull yourself back, no announcements. Okay, refrain from any announcements, <laughs> just quietly go another direction and just see how you feel. Maybe it's just a week break from that community, right? While you let yourself simmer in what's going on in you. Because as an adult, if you have these tendencies, it's probably showing up in multiple facets of your life. And this may not be the only 
less than pleasing characteristic that you have because you've you may have had this for decades so what else is there right maybe you maybe you ask ask knowing that they may say no a close close friend that you know um, understands you maybe and can be honest with you and say I feel you may want to say something like I've noticed that I rub people the wrong way um, I don't I'm exploring ways that maybe I don't do that anymore um, if you were to give me your top three recommendations of how to be a better version of myself in experiences where you've seen me be less than pleasing, what would they be? Right? Maybe it's easier for that person in an email. Um, but remember, they, you're asking them. You're, please don't feel an obligation that they have to listen to you or that they, they have to answer your question or that they have to say yes just because you want it. Um, there could be a degree of selfish, selfishness going on within your field. Um, you guys, this is so common. This is why I'm talking about this, okay? This is so common. Um, I'm also helping those that have not been kicked out of a group or blocked by anybody to help see kind of the other side of it. This is very complex. There could be mental illness involved. There could be medications involved. I mean, like, or, or uh, could be medicated. So it's just, this is, could be very, very complex. But again, going back to you as the leader, you as the facilitator, this is our world, right? We have a very, um, a very diverse, probably set of individuals that we, that we interact with, and there are squeaky wheels out there. And I want you to feel as the leader, the authority that you should have for who's a guest at your guest house or any of those situations, right? Um, and you don't have to have a reason. But again, I did want to touch on, and I'm glad we did, that the other side of the, of the equation here, which is if, if you are the disruptor, you know, giving yourself some space and peace and quiet out of the group to really evaluate what's going on within you, right? I mean, if I were still that 16, 17 year old version of Jill now at 49, still kind of pulling that shit, in places, I would totally go into therapy <laughs> because, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't need therapy to get, to get, to get out of that, that cycle of, it's just destructive. It's so, I mean, God, that I'm my poor drama teacher, right? Oh no, he taught English. Yeah, Mr. I want to say like Helmsley it was my 11th grade English teacher. And I, he also taught drama and is quite a theater guy. And what a hard job. I mean, a high school English teacher who also did the drama club, um, he probably had a really, really hard job. And I intentionally made it harder. God, that's so twisted, right? I mean, geez, what a little, what a little meanie. Uh, I wasn't in general a meanie, but what a, what a mean side, uh, destructive side to me that I, that I had then. Um, yeah, it just makes me so sad to think about that, that poor man. Um, and maybe I'm giving myself more credit, but I, I do think I did actually make his job harder, at least in that period, that he had me. <laughs> anyway, okay, so you can't go back, um, but you've got now, right? And, and for any part of you that you don't like, there's so many different options for how you could be in every one of those moments. I just, I just feel like we don't give ourselves enough credit. Um, so wanting to stay on the theme of, of supporting my fellow leaders here in this world and in the hard, hard jobs that we have and sometimes the thankless jobs that we have, what kind of leader do you want to be? 
do you want to be uh, likable but but maybe not as respected because you don't handle uh, you don't face uh, the issues that that pop up in the group that that you as the leader should be addressing um, there are things that bother some people that don't bother you as the leader so that's a different issue right where it's like well it's not it's not you don't if you as the leader don't view it as a problem but somebody else does then do you want to put your name on it do you want to make everybody happy in the group um, I'll share very uh, clearly that I, I'm not that type of leader. Um, even yeah, in, in, in person experiences, there are conflicts that happen between in various individuals, and sometimes they're expecting me to fix it. And I'm just like, oh, no, I, I, I think that's you, actually. <laughs> um, so I support you in, in doing what you need to do to address that. But I don't, I'm not putting my name on all the potential conflicts that can arise within a certain group. Um, and I'll offer how it's not bothering me and maybe then it will not bother them or they can decide to confront it. But, but this idea of asking the leader to, to fix different kind of drama, rama sorts of things that happen in any group, I just don't feel like that's fair either. Um, so yeah, for those of you that do that, you may want to think about that, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, yeah, you've got this, right? You can, you can try some things out at least. Uh, without needing the facilitator or leader to fix it for you when they may not even be involved um, in the drama or conflict or whatever that is. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, that was interesting and <laughs> very slightly uncomfortable for me as Joe, but I'm really, really glad we went there. It does come up uh, quite a bit in different private sessions and things like that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just felt that my team was like, um, well, my team is me. So I was just noticing that I wanted to go a little bit deeper into those that are feeling conflict with another member of the group, because you may not have felt that sense of authority that you have the ability to confront it without needing to sort of bother the leader with it. Right. So what do you want to do with the fellow member? Um, if you're not the leader, you're a member, they're a member. Um, and there's nobody has necessarily more authority than the other, but they just drive you crazy <laughs> or you just don't appreciate their way of being. Um, what do you want to try out, right? What have you tried out so far? Has it worked? Um, can you use different, you know, systems to, to, uh, I want to say manage, protect, foster a healthy environment in the energy field that is you, um, while allowing them to be exactly what they're being. So social media allows for blocking and things like that. I, I think that's fabulous because <laughs> there, there are unhealthy energy fields out there um, animated by humans. And sometimes blocking uh, sends a very strong message um, and sometimes doesn't even need to be warned about or explained. It's just click. Yeah, you don't need to explain yourself really. Um, now, if you want them to learn from their behavior, that's a different thing, but they may not look at you as a teacher. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I respect and encourage all of us to recognize that not only as leaders, but life on earth is not easy. There are so many things to be distracted by. There are so many ways that people want us to feel responsible for their happiness, for their comfort, for their joy. And that's really that's uh, a very 
uh, I just, I'm not a fan of that system. So I much prefer to support and inspire people to feel like, okay, these are my choices. This is my energy field. I don't like this. I don't like that. So what can I do about it without asking somebody else to be anything other than what they are? Right? This is a radical idea, <laughs> apparently, is what I keep hearing. Um, because there's so many different, you know, relationship tools and things like that, that, that try to, you know, uh, try to encourage two people that, that don't bring out the best in each other to work it out or to make some, you know, fantasy, you know, mythology sorts of theories about, oh, there must be karma. There must be certain sort of past life drama between you two. And, and now lucky you guys, you're here to work it out, <laughs> right? And I just don't find any of that true or necessary. And it's just like, you just don't get along. All right. Can't we just leave it at that? I mean, you're not married, right? Unless you are, that's a whole different conversation, right? But it's just like, can't we just like, okay, if they're being that, then I'm going to do this. But the minute we start to say, well, I need them to change. Oh, that's like a really big, like skull and crossbones, crossbars. No, no, no. Do not proceed. Stop exactly where you are. Um, that's not realistic. It's not fair. It's not realistic. And you are so much more empowered when you decide to look at the levers within the levers, the options that you have within your own energy field, again, while respecting exactly what they are. That's what they are. This is what you are. You have control over yourself. So you get to decide what, what you do to be your best you with them being them. And as a leader, it may mean that they're not in your group anymore. It may mean that you need a one month break from your joining your meditation circle, right? It, this is, there is no one right answer here. And it's, this is a very complex set of, you know, uh, strange <laughs> issues that we encounter as humans all the way in the bodysuit on earth. Um, it's very common. And I do encourage you to really explore possible solutions and try different things out. Because when you manage things like this, when you proactively manage things like this more um, devotedly, you are further freed up to get to the good parts <laughs> about who and what you are and what you're offering and where it's received already really well and by pleasant people that, that respectfully appreciate that they may not agree with you on everything, but they'll though they know how to act emotionally maturely um, in situations where maybe they disagree with you. They don't want to be prickly. They don't have a tendency to be prickly. They don't have some subverted, um, you know, suppressed need to be a squeaky wheel and to throw you off your best, right? It's just, God, it can be your, the hard job of being human can be made so much easier um, when you manage your, yourself in those situations <sighs> more consciously. Okay. All right. So there may be questions about this. For those of you that are live, I encourage you, uh, to type in your, your chats or, or questions. Um, I, I would like to stay on this topic though, cause it, um, I'm really glad we did this. I'm just trying to think of what we'll title this, <laughs> this podcast, but I'm, I'm glad we went here today. Um, the more that I interact with groups and the, the wider my audience becomes, the more I see different flavors of disruptive tendencies in people and, and how it affects other group members, how it affects me. 
Um, and I totally admit that there's a part of me as a facilitator and leader that just, I wish there were things that didn't bother me. I totally wish that on a regular basis. I'm like, God, why does that bother me? It's so nothing. And yet, oh, it just gets right under my skin. <laughs> and, and I will still do my best work that, that I'm capable of. But boy, I wonder how much better it could have been had that little flavor of disruption not been there. Oh, it's just like, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's really interesting. And, you know, as multidimensional beings and as empaths, some of us are more sort of open in our energy fields and maybe more trusting of others. So I do think some of us get more susceptible um, to that sort of sneaky, subversive energy that can kind of trickle uh, within some individuals. Um, yeah, but so I openly admit, I wish I was a person that was not affected by by little, you know, annoying nuances within other people. But I, I am that and maybe I can work on that and play with that where it doesn't bother me. But all I know is for now it does and I have a, a job I feel I need to do. And I want to do that job really, really well. I the standards I hold myself to um, are very high. And I, I am very dedicated to being a bringer of light here and being a support system for my fellow bringers of light in this reality. And I take that seriously enough where I'm willing to be disliked by a, by a few people um, if I find them to be disruptive in communities that, that I offer. Okay. All right. Let's see what we got here. Okay. Oh, nice, Suzanne. I like that summary. She said, powerful message about choice and sovereignty. Yes. Okay. Hi, Emily. She's saying, thank you, Jill, for that reminder. Love and all love and all you do and say makes a lot of sense. Oh, I'm glad to, it's fun to be in resonance with you, Emily. Okay. And then Suzanne is also offering, thank you, Jill, for making it okay for us to keep the disruptions from our life so we can do more and be more. Yeah. That's really what this is all about, right? Okay, maybe this is a short message today, you guys. I don't know. I guess we could open it up <laughs> to other topics. Um, while you guys might be chatting and asking questions in the, the live room here, I will mention that we had an Ask Me Anything number two yesterday um, for the members. And oh my God, I just, I love your guys' questions. It's, it's so fun. Um, it's really fun for me and I really do enjoy the experience. And I think one of my favorite mind benders, I should explain what a mind bender is. Um, a mind bender, what I mean by that is some idea or concept that your consciousness and your mind was at a certain level. And then as, as I, as my team offer something very different than maybe how you would have thought about it your mind sort of goes into a bend and a pretzel in the process of your consciousness field shifting outward to hold more wisdom and a, a broader, I want to say more expanded perspective on whatever that topic is. So somebody had asked yesterday about pets. Um, actually, I should be able to find it. Let me see. Yeah, right here. Um, That's funny. No, I can't find it. <laughs> of course not. Uh, anyway, it was about 
it was about pets. You know, what role do pets play in our lives? Are they all healers? Um, you know, that sort of thing. And it, the answer was just like, wait, what? <laughs> and I, might, I think my head is still a bit in a pretzel over the what they offer just really is still blowing my mind. So I, you never know what's going to happen in the, in the members groups anyway, but also in the Ask Me Anything, it's just so fun. Anyway, so that recording is available in video and in audio from yesterday to all the members or those of you that want to join as a member. Okay. All right. And I do highly recommend it. Um, and then other announcements just in terms of updates. Um, tomorrow and Wednesday, August 21st, depending on when you're listening to this, but August 21st, 2019, we have the very first, um, and again, this is for the members group. I love offering special things um, to that to that audience is the practitioners group coaching session. Um, so that'll be live to uh, Wednesday, August 21st at 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, da, da, 12 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. London. Okay. Um, and then later in the, on the same day, Wednesday, August 21st is the broadcast of my latest conversation on beyond the ordinary with John Burgos. And I, I've met so many of you through beyond the ordinary and it's such an honor. I just, I really look at John Burgos as a soul brother. Um, I love our conversations. We are just right there next to each other. And I love how we, we each are adding to, to what kind of what's coming through and what's being offered and, um, yeah, anyway, so I highly recommend that conversation with John and the special offer, um, through his beyond the ordinary this time is, is very, is very special. I do try to offer resources that are very unique relative to maybe what other speakers are doing on the summits. I didn't say better. I'm just, I'm just being me. Um, and I keep hearing from people how distinctly different what we're doing is. And I value that because I I just, I don't see my temperament is if you're going to do something that everyone else is doing, then why are you doing it? <laughs> if I wouldn't want to offer lemonade at a lemonade stand where there's already lemonade covered, <laughs> right? I'd want to offer something else. Raspberry lemonade or strawberry lemonade or iced tea, <laughs> kombucha, something different. So that a more variety, more flavor profiles and more light-based energies are, are kind of covered by the variety of that. So I do hear consistently that what we do is very different um, than other things that they've been doing even for decades and with wonderful effects. And of course, that makes me excited and motivated to keep offering um, fresh resources to this group that's expanding so rapidly. Yeah, so exciting to be a part of that alongside you. Okay. All right. So the practitioners groups coaching session is Wednesday. The conversation with John Burgos is later in the day. Um, what else do we have this week? Let me look here. I think that's it. Yeah. Then I have private sessions, um, quite a few on Thursday. So, and a healing session. I had a healing session this morning from the amazing, amazing Bridget Aldrich. And I have another healing session from another healer that I receive their gifts from Michael Dake on Thursday. So yeah, when I look at my week, I'm like, yes, I like my week. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me go back to the chat room here and then maybe we'll wrap up in a little bit. Okay. Hi, Kate. She's saying, hi, Jill. It's divine timing. This topic came up. I'm having an issue with how a long-term friend has been treating me recently as a relationship has changed. I get stuck about whether the lesson is for me to lean into my feminine receptive nature or to tackle the issue head on. I'm working on trying to do the, them both. Yeah. Oh, Kate. Big hugs to you. What a, what a great, um, 
inner curiosity about, you know, all the possibilities here and that you want to be loving and you also want to be loving to yourself. And thank you for bringing this up because this is the perfect place to kind of hang this part. I think it's really interesting that in a community like ours, there is so much emphasis on showing our love for others. And yet sometimes we're really sacrificing our love for ourselves by what we're willing to put up with. Because if something is bothering you, if something is getting under your skin and, and distracting you from being the very best version of you, it's interesting how we rationalize it often as like, oh, it must be a lesson. It's like, but what if it's not a lesson? What if it just hurts? <laughs> what if it's just, you know, a, a thorn, you know, under your foot and the lion's paw and you really just want to take it out and set it over there and while you mosey on, right? So calling it a lesson in many instances justifies us staying in an unpleasant or even unhealthy situation much longer than we needed to. Um, it's not that we can't learn lessons, but by calling it a lesson, it seems to imply this cosmic destiny that that conflict is supposed to be happening and we're supposed to be annoyed by this or upset by this to, to progress our soul um, and allow our soul to have growth. And that whole notion is just really, I, I've shared multiple messages and hopefully you've, those of you that have not heard me say that the spirituality 501, 501 series is on um, YouTube completely free. Um, it's a wonderful playlist that will kind of march you through how I'm shown how this reality works in a, in a broader and detailed um, concept um, that would that then when something uncomfortable like that happens, I don't even think what's, you know, is this a lesson? I think of it as what are my choices? What do I want to do? How do I want to show the love and care and attention for my Jill while also being loving and respectable of that person being exactly what they're being while I'm saying that's not okay with for me, right? They can be whatever they want to be, but that doesn't mean I have to, you know, welcome it or invite it into spaces that I offer for, you know, light based activities and personal growth and consciousness expansion and things like that. Okay. All right. High five to you, Kate. You got this sister. Okay. Hi, Elizabeth. She said, love the story about disrupting the teacher as I recall doing the same. So interesting to see it from the leader's point of view. Oh, good. <laughs> Elizabeth, I love you. Oh, man. Sometimes, yeah, isn't it interesting? Yeah, it's good. to. It's good to know those tendencies that we may have had in the past that may lurk around in the in the maybe in the background sometimes but um yeah i feel like mine is in a nice that part of me that wanted to be disruptive to a leader i didn't respect i feel like she's in a, a nice comfy spot within myself and doesn't need to act out in those ways anymore so and i i understand her she was trying as a child right as a as not yet an adult to demonstrate that she had standards, she, me, 16 year old Jill, had standards that this teacher in her view were not meeting. Um, and feeling powerless, right? I mean, as a, as a student in high school in particular, when you get a shitty teacher, right? You're just kind of like, oh, this is torture, right? Um, and I, as a parent, you know, I didn't even complain to my parents about it because I think I was sure there was nothing they could do about it or would do about it. But now I'm, I'm kind of swung the other way with my children when they have a teacher that 
they're telling me is like a bad teacher, they're not learning anything or whatever, I listen to them. And then we discuss what the options are. And I have called the school and said, I, I don't know, this is what I'm hearing. Um, I this is all secondhand information, but this is what I'm hearing. Um, is there anything we can do here? I've pulled my kids out of classes. Um, Georgia, my 14 uh, year old now had an English teacher last year that that I I was getting annoyed here. I was getting annoyed about the teacher just hearing about her. I mean, I would have been just as annoyed as Georgia. <laughs> and Georgia was 13 at the time. And I thought, okay, what kind of parent do I want to be? There are other English teachers. They all have a similar, all the English teachers have a similar path of where they're trying to go. So switching her from one English teacher to another English teacher to me was like, this is what I would have wanted my mom to do. Um, so I did it and it was so satisfying <laughs> because I did have some phone calls with the teacher that Georgia did not like. And I was just like, huh? And I did call her. I asked her some probing questions that she couldn't answer. And I think she knew, yeah, she just said some things that were really not okay. Um, she held up a student's paper that had gotten a D on something and held it up in front of the class as an example of what not to do. And then she handed it right to that student. Um, and I mean, when Georgia told me that, I was just like, oh, like, hell no. I mean, God, and who would do that? Anyway, it was just like, that's so shitty. So I mean, like, okay, she doesn't meet my standards and she doesn't meet Georgia's standards. So we switched Georgia to another English class and all good. I let the, the principal know that I, I was not putting my vote of, of uh, confidence in the teacher that we moved from and why, just so that he had the information, he can do whatever he wants with it. Um, but I said my piece. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we've had our share of bad teachers and we've had our share of amazing teachers. And I'm not saying that teacher doesn't have a hard job, but she has choices and I disagree with her choices. And I've disagreed with other people's choices. And I have choices as a parent in public or private education about which class my child is in. Now, some people will say, I'm on a little rant here and I've done this rant before, but I'll do it again. Um, there are some people that say, well, the children, you know, the kids have to learn because you don't get to pick your boss as an adult. Um, if you play your cards right, you actually do get to pick your boss as an adult because you get to pick where you work. Yeah, so <laughs> that's my response to that. But also, they're children, okay? And I don't want to uh, discount the fact that as a semi-powerless teenager stuck in a classroom for five hours a week for a year sometimes, right? Not a 12 months, but a full school year with somebody that is... A <laughs> an unpleasant person that's not fair, not good at teaching or so there, there are bad teachers. Now, some of you will get sensitive. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying teachers are bad. No, I'm saying there are bad teachers and anyone that would disagree with me that there are bad teachers. I will, I will be happy to have a sideline conversation with you. Now, am I saying I'm disrespecting teachers? No, I'm disrespecting bad teachers. There's a difference. Okay. There are bad any profession there there's a there's a pocket of they could be doing better but they're not and with all the amazing teachers i know and amazing people i went to college with that were getting their teachers degrees or that that are having a hard time getting jobs i'm just like at this I, we have a we have a lot of inventory of amazing teachers how did how is she keeping her job how is he keeping his job i I want an explanation as a taxpayer. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Uh, then we'll wrap up soon here. 
Okay. Da, da, da. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Hi, Nicole. She's saying, I get so confused on the subject of self-love. Sometimes the stuff I hear about self-love seems so selfish, but I know one of my lessons in this life is to be more selfish. And yeah, Nicole, I get it. Um, and one person's uh, declaration of somebody being selfish is another person that has boundaries. So it's all relative. And rather than let it be what other people may call you, do you feel like you're being self-loving, right? By making some of the choices that you're making or compromising maybe in some of the ways that you are, right? And I, I know you from other work that we've done. So I feel like you're really doing a fabulous job is creating boundaries in your life between those that are not wanting or not bringing out the best in you or maybe even themselves. But one little litmus test that I love to offer somebody that isn't sure if they're being, you know, a bitch or being um, consciously creating boundaries is would you ask your friends to to sort of put up with that nonsense behavior? If you would advise them that, oh, that's not fair, you shouldn't be going through that, then are you putting up, would you advise your friend that way, but yet you're putting up with it? Are you, are you giving yourself a double standard that you would advise someone you love to not put up with something, but you put up with it, right? That's, that's one. Um, and then also the other thing is, would you treat someone like this person is treating you? Right. And so many times it's just an obvious, no, I would never do that. I would never do that. Okay. Then, then how okay are you with them doing that? And that's totally up for you to decide. There's no hard line here. You get to decide where that fence goes. Yeah. Okay. All right, you guys. Oh, I love you. She said, you are so amazing. I missed the beginning at work, but lots of wisdom and the part I heard as always. I struggle with boundaries as well. Yay. Okay, good. I'm glad we did this today. <laughs> that was a nice, nice affirmation. Okay. All right, you guys, let's call it a wrap today. Thank you very much. And for those that are joining me for the practitioners group experience tomorrow. Ah, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. And anyone that wants to listen into the conversation with John Burgos and I, um, I, I really think you'll love it. And even if you've heard it once, gosh, what we, what you and I do together is very, um, it's so multidimensional that every time you listen to it, you will hear something else. There will be another layer of it that you'll go, I swear to God, that was not the, in there the first time I heard it. My favorite things are that way. Okay. All right. Okay. I love you guys. Bye-bye now. And I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs>